and welcome back to another edition of Turf Talk. My name's Lewis Tomlinson. Sat next to me, as per usual, is Jimbo Watson. And Jim, it's been a really, really busy weekend of action. We've had the Dante meeting, that's been and gone, as well as the first open age group one of the season, the Lockinge. A lot to talk about. Yeah, uh, I've been literally glued to my settee watching all of the racing. It's been a magnificent couple of weeks, to be honest, and all building up to the Derby in the Oaks, which I can't wait for. Yeah, we'll, we'll be looking forward to all of that. We've also got a new feature with a guest as as well off the turf talk, a first for the podcast. Uh, we're calling it Watson versus the Internet. He'll take on a different challenger every week to prove that not only does he have the biggest belly in racing, he also has the biggest brain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether to feel upset or... It was it was kind of it, it was a very very double edged compliment, wasn't it? Yeah. In fact, it was about as backhanded as possible. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it'll be a really good feature to have in and something that you might enjoy listening to. No, no, we do have to give him stick because, of course, remember he said retire one for Arthur, so that's why we're allowed to give him such abuse. Uh, and I said, Mia Storm's dead. Yeah, yeah. Which wasn't the highest point, was it? No. Uh, right. Away from Jimbo's multiple, multiple blunders, let's get stuck into talking about the Dante meeting. Telecaster holding two down as they race inside the final 75 yards, and Telecaster is going to win the Dante. He'll have to go for the Derby now, surely. And, well, I guess the place to start is the Dante in itself on paper, Jim? This could have been a Group One, really. Yeah. I think on paper, with you know, the Breeders' Cup juvenile turf winner, the Beresford winner, and last season's unbeaten, world-class champion two-year-old two down hot, met defeat for the first time in his career at the hands of Huey Morrison's Telecaster. Yeah. Um, I think the Dante should be a Grade One. I've come to this conclusion. No, it shouldn't. But a long hour. Think about Behave. this. I think... Behave. Dante should be a grade one. Anyway. Uh, tele- well, why? Tele- pardon? Why? Because it's a great track. A track, good horses. I think it should... It's a trial. All right. All it's right. a trial. So, Telecaster, he... I wouldn't say he outstayed too darn hot. O'Shea Murphy gave him a very, very good ride throughout the race. I thought he tracked Urgenev, who was... I didn't think was the pacemaker before the race, but set off like a pacemaker for two down hot. Two down hot settled very perfectly fine, I thought. Uh, and I just thought that two down hot lacked race fitness. And I think in time, I think he'll get one mile too. I, th- I think if this race was to be running five weeks' time, again with the same field, after this run, I think he'd smash the field. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I'm having a look. I'm not much of a sectionals man, really, but I'm having a look at the sectionals for this, and they didn't suggest two down hot was outstayed. Mm. You know, he he was going. He was running at the same pace as Telecaster. He was going as quick. Mm. You know, he he wasn't slowing down towards the end. I I think what we what we have seen here is a mightily progressive horse, who who's a very very realistic derby candidate, and. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't be surprised if Two Down Hot came back and won the St James's Palace, and I wouldn't be surprised if Two Down Hot was the best horse in this race. It, you know, he might have been at 80%. We might not even have to wait to see him at Royal Ascot because he's going to hose up in the Irish 2000. Mm, I, I'd be surprised if they turned him out that quick. I know he's still in, but it, it just slightly... I'd really... like him, me. I'd like him in it, but no. we'll talk about that race later on. No. Uh, we'll talk about the winner then, instead of the... Instead of two down hot. I mean, first of all, though, before we go into that, were you disappointed with the favourite? Was I disappointed with two down hot? No. You, you can make excuses. He ran better than I was sort of expecting. I backed him. I still backed him. But I wasn't going, oh, it's a disgrace. I was upset that he'd lost his unbeaten run, but I, I wasn't necessarily... I, I didn't think that his performance let anyone down because he's beat the rest of the field fairly comfortably I thought and and Surfman was an eye-catching staying on Japan needed the run line of duty was disappointing I think he's beat a decent field here if if Telecaster wasn't in this race he would have won it we would have been raving about him for the derby 
and I, I don't think people should underestimate this form. I think Telecaster is, like you've said, a rapidly progressing horse. Uh, but I, th- I think in time, too, well, too darn hot will always be the better horse, in my opinion. I, I've loved him throughout his career. I love his pedigree. Uh, and I think that too darn hot will win the Irish 2000 guineas and the St. James's Palace. Whatever you throw at him, he will win. Fair enough. What about the winner, then? Uh, last year making his making his debut uh, when runner up to Bangkok in a maiden. Sorry, first scene when uh, making his debut and runner up to Bangkok in a maiden at the Lincoln meet and then came out and hosed up by nine at Windsor and has continued. You know, in the space of a month and a half, he's gone from finishing second in a maiden to beating the champion two-year-old last season. And I, I, I really like this one. I mean, he's well. I'm going to say the leading British candidate. Is he the only British candidate uh, for uh, for the derby? But hard to throw stones at him. Yeah, well, I think there is. Uh, I think that he's done a lot of progression in two months, and the race might come a bit quickly. He had a hard race here, I think. Uh, he was racing up to the pace. His second at Doncaster was a typical Hewing Morrison type performance. He never has him fine tuned for first time out. Uh, and he, he he went straight in my tracker. He was really eye catching. He, he was held up in midfield and he absolutely flew home. And I think he built on that run in a, I thought, what would be a decent race at Windsor? It's taken knocks, but he absolutely demolished the field. Uh, and he's come here, I think he was overpriced. Surfman went off third favourite about five. Do you think or. he's gone off shorter than a Group Two winner in yeah, Japan? Yeah, but there was the rumours around Japan before the off, wasn't there? Whether he was quite that ready, taking some knocks, he'd certainly improved for the run. And I think that he, he, in my opinion, he should have been probably second favourite after his performance last time. Strongly disagree with that. If it was trained by any other person. No offence to Huey Morrison and the owners of Telecaster, but the Castle Down Racing, nice to see the small, a smaller team. Yeah, but, of a potential top class one. But if that was an Aidan O'Brien horse and it had finished second on debut behind Bangkok and then won by nine lengths next time out, it, it'd probably be nine to four second favourite. Would you not agree? In a normal trial, yeah, but this was a stronger trial as they've been. You know, they're a genuine line of duty is a Group One winner. Japan's a Group Two winner, you yeah. know. It, it wasn't. He'd have probably have been, you know, nine to four in at Lingfield yeah. or at, or either of the Chester trials. But this was a proper proper group race, and I I, I guess on paper, you know, he's and end up going the fifth biggest, you know, fifth in the market. That's probably where his form entitled him to be. Uh, Regarding the derby, then you've said you're not as keen uh, on Telecaster for the derby. Yeah, I'm. I'm so so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'd love it if they won. We had an English winner in the derby that's trained by Huey Morrison in a fairly small uh, ownership, but that we don't really know about. But I, I think that the way the derby will play out, if Aidan O'Brien has eight in it. He will dictate the race and he will have a runner in every position. And if he just gets even stuck on the inside rail, not a single Aidan O'Brien horse will let him out. I think that this this was a tough race and he he might not be that perfect and bang to go if he was to go to the uh, derby. I like him though, mate. Is he, is I, he more your, your time? I, I'd still be with the Dragonet at this moment in time. Yeah. But... He'd be not far behind. I'm more scared of Telecaster than I am of any other horse. Yeah? I am. I, I really like what he's done. Uh, excuses for Japan and Line of Duty, both slightly disappointing, really. Yeah, Japan ran like he needed the run. There'd been rumours he'd had some niggles early on in the season. Um, and, and it was clear to see here. I think Japan's a scent legend type, type, if I'm being brutally honest. I think, I think he'll relish the one mile six trip. Uh, and line of duty just disappointing wasn't he uh, he was held up and never really found a lot to be brutally honest and 
he might improve for the run. I, I think this is a very good race. So, and we've seen Line of Duty's form in America was very good, very good. Uh, and I think that this racing time, well, they'll all win. They'll all, they'll all be graded winners in the future. Even Almania. Yeah. Beating 11 and a half lengths. Yeah. It's a bit of a... I mean, Turgenev's been braid every time. He's come up with this. I won't go that far. I think it's a good race. I'm not saying... I don't think every single one in this is a group horse. I think I think, there, I think they could pick up a group three or something. Shall we have a bet between ourselves that every 20, 20 quid? On, yeah. Yeah, go on. On Almania not winning a group three by the end of the season. By the end of the season? Oh, I just meant in his career. Fine, yeah. Well done. Almania will win a group, um, we'll pick up a group three somewhere. Again, listeners, when, when you think I'm being mean to Jimbo, taking the mick out of his rotund nature, this is why. This is why. Almania. Michael Stout, bring him onto a four year old, win a nice group three. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think that's. I, I think we've exhausted all conversation on the Dante there, Jim. The fact that we're talking about the horse who's been battered in eighth. Uh, on to the Middleton Stakes. So, Lati Da, three to one on. Possibly over a slightly inadequate trip for her. Not visibly the most impressive beating Rodar by a neck, but I think there's a, a lot of positives to take from this. Yeah, I, I think the first three are three strong candidates that we could see at Royal Ascot that could run big races. I know Lati Da might be going to. Epsom for the coronation, which would be an obvious. I, I think Lati Dar got the job done. She blew the cobwebs away, and she did it. And I thought at no stage of that race did I think she was going to win. I thought she was beat the whole way around. Uh, Rodar travelled beautifully under Ryan Moore, and so did Sun Maiden. Sun Maiden just didn't quite stay the one mile two. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. I, I think stepping about to a mile would suit her a lot more. I think that Sir Michael Stokes having one of his best starts to his seasons ever. Do you agree? Oh yeah, he's he's he's, he's just a master with the older horses. He's, he's hit the hit the uh, ground running, and I think I think some maidens entered in the Hardwick, which is over the same distance. But I'm it's over two further, isn't it? Yes, yeah. a mile four Hardwick. It's, it's some maiden travelled so well that it just made me think she just blew out of it in the final couple of furlongs and I think some maiden's got a lot of potential if I'm being honest we'll talk about the winner then the coronation cup is is the plan for Latida I mean is is she a realistic candidate for that I prefer her to Kew Gardens I'll yeah. go out there and say that now yeah I, I'd be with you there it's looking like a fairly hot race that isn't it yeah um, there was rumours Magical was going to go for it but Magical's going for the Tattersall's Gold Cup I think this weekend uh, and I think that the the Coronation Cup, when you throw in Salowin, who ran Cracks, did he run Cracks? He ran Cracksman Close last season. Yeah. Uh, Mirando's form at Chester was very good. He, need although ball, though, he needs he soft ground. Communique was impressive at Newmarket. Took advantage of a, of the rest of the jockeys falling asleep. Yeah. Is what the Souza did there. Communique won't win a group one ever. Coronet. Well, it certainly improve He's that. Needs to improve. We'll certainly improve for that run. Is Volgeist in the betting? No, he's not. Bollocks. Um, I think Marmelo. You come, if Marmelo goes here, you certainly couldn't rule him out after his performance last time. Yeah, so yeah. There's it's a, not a ridiculous. It's shout. a fairly deep race, and it's slightly windy. So, I, I think that Larty Dar would probably be my main fancy for the race at this moment in time. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put anyone off that. I wouldn't put anyone off really nice performance from her, even though it might not have been, you know, the procession people are expecting. Absolutely. She's done it Flunky. very well. Uh, before we touch on, before we talk about Swadder Stradivarius, Jim, just 30 seconds on Invincible Army. Two wins so far this season. Looks like a group one sprinter in the making, finally fulfilling the promise he showed last season. Yeah, very, very impressive. I was there on the Wednesday and he absolutely hosed up. He flew up that rail. I'm not, he rattled off the ground. And I think Invincible Army's a, a serious animal and one to keep your eye on this season. Completely. On to the Yorkshire Cup now. And, well, Stradivarius, what a horse he is. What an absolute tank. 
beating Southern France un- under a penalty. And I know you were quite keen to get him beat, weren't you, Jim? And I know, there, I know there were a few saying, instead of Aries, he's going to lose a race this season, it'll be today. Uh, he's done it really well. You know, his attitude is just first class. And you'd, you'd, be, a, you'd be a brave man to bet against him, uh, backing, backing it up in the Ascot next time. Yeah, you, you could say that. Uh, I think that Stradivarius has well, certainly improved for this run and he, he could keep progressing, you know. Uh, he won the £1 million bonus, as we all know, last year. And he, I thought Southern France possibly had the beating of him. He, he travelled a lot better than Stradivarius, but he just kept plodding on. And I think that Stradivarius is the one to beat, really, in the Ascot Gold Cup. But I, I could, at this moment in time, looking at the Ascot Gold Cup, there's a few in it where I think could possibly uh, hinder his chance. The Andre Farbhorse, I think he's very good. Uh, and I, I t- Is that the one with this strange name? Call to Wind. I think it's Call to Wind. Uh, and I, I just think that he could bump into one like DXB's progressing nicely I, I, he, he's the unknown at the trip he's the one they've got to progress in front of though Stradivarius yeah. he, he's the benchmark yeah and he's out there and if any if, if and if any of these horses like you said like DXB either aren't group one level or have an off day I think he is going to be very, very hard. And of course, we're all thinking, forgetting about the Melbourne Cup winner and the winner in Dubai, Cross Counter. Yeah, Cross Counter's probably the horse to be most scared of, I'd say. Because if you look, Cross Counter, Kew Gardens, DXB, Call the Wind, I think they're, they're strong and they're progressing nicely. I, I think they could challenge Stradivarius. I'm willing to try and get Stradivarius beat. I hope he keeps proving you wrong. I think he's an absolute superstar. Tracking, cracking horse. It could be some national outsider, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah. A- away from uh, York now, moving on to the Lockinge, a wide open race, really on paper. But you could have given me ten picks, and I wouldn't have ever said Mustache Ray. <laughs> I-, I give him a brief mention, and you just like, ah, oh, now move on. <laughs> well, can't be having that horse who finished behind Forest Ranger last time is the best miler around in Europe. <laughs> this must be such a weak race. Such a weak race. He's now five to one for the Queen Anne. <laughs> yeah, and I don't see any. That's the worst thing. I don't see any reason why you can't go and do it again. You know. Oh, I a, can. A, a typical stout. Well, a typical stout progressor at the age of six. He's won this from Lawrence, an accidental agent. I Re- think. Uh, returned to form for Romanized in fourth and Libravido a clear eye catcher in fifth. I think that. I think Lawrence will certainly improve for this run. Although I didn't really fancy her chances. I, I, don't, I think she's better against. Her own sex, if I'm being brutally honest, and accidental agent or certainly come on leaps and bounds. A lot better to see from accidental agent, I think. Uh, return back to Ascot to defend the crown. Uh, Romanized has ran well. He he got a little bit of trouble in running, if I'm being brutally honest, with Libravido. Libravido is my eye catcher of this race, and I think. He'll win the Queen Anne after I've seen this. Yeah, so do I. Uh, I think he's a cracking price at nine to one, and I think that Mustache might bump into. I I, I don't want to say Libravido's progressive because he's a five-year-old, but he's he's had so little racing, he's had his setbacks. I think that he'll win the Queen Anne, and it's simple as that. Yeah, do you know what, mate? I agree with you. I agree with you. I've, I I I think this. This group of milers kind of have the air about them that they'll keep beating each other. Yeah, the the only interesting thing is is Oxair the Lincoln winner. If Oxair goes for this, that that could be slightly interesting because he looked like a serious graded animal, didn't he? Uh, uh, it's a big it's a big ask. So. It's a big step up, but it's a big ask. He could be anything. Yeah, I I I'm disappointed in general at the quality of the milers around in Europe. We need Magda Grisha or two down hot. To be saying, in fact, if if the St James's Palace and the Queen are merged into one race, the two favourites would be the three-year-olds. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well done to Mustache. I would say he's 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 not a he's he's been a solid horse for a couple of years. I'm just slightly 
you know, the Lockings is a race with a roll of honour, a proper roll of honour. And I, I, this was a much, much, much below par renewal. The only one I like, like we said, who I think could come out. I mean, Lawrence is a proper Group One filly, but can be vulnerable sometimes in open class. Yeah, I think Libravido is where is the angle if yeah. we're looking for a proper, uh, you know, a horse who'll be winning multiple Group Ones this season. Uh. Earlier on the card, we had the Aston Park States, a Group 3, and Crystal Ocean defended his crown 9-2 on favourite. Did exactly what he was entitled to do, Jim Bobby, in the Raven, Raymond Tusk. I guess the, f- the first three have finished exactly how you'd have expected. Yeah, uh, I th- Jamie Spencer made a really eye-catching move on Raymond Tusk about the three-pole, and I thought he's travelling he's traveling like a dream. And we know Raymond Tusk's stamina comes to the fore for him, and... Crystal Ocean, Ryan Moore didn't panic, sat with him and just kicked away from the field, stayed on very well. Where do you go now with Crystal Ocean? Do you go Prince of Wales? King George? Worth a go, isn't it? Yeah. Worth a go for the Prince of Wales, does like... You're facing an able and could be facing an able and see a class. Um, but it's, I'm, it's, I'm magical. It's a 10 furlong race full of 12 furlong horses. Yeah. So I don't see why you wouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, I, and... Look, he, what he did in the Gordon Richards was probably impressed me more than this because it was a better race and it was over tripping adequate for him. Yeah, he's still a bloody good performer over one mile too. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think there's loads to talk about with this because he has done exactly what we knew he would do. Larabe will win a Group Three this season. Yeah, if you know, you were you were you fancied him a bit a bit to run. Crystal Ocean close, didn't you? I, well, I, I didn't. I'd, I, look, I thought Crystal, Crystal Ocean was head and shoulders the best in the race. If you were to take him out, if they were without favourite market, I think Larabe was the obvious pick. Yeah. Uh, and same with Raymond Tusk, who was a smart horse. I could see him, you know, he's ran well in the Cigaro at two miles prior to this. Anything between a mile and a half and two, I, I, I think would be suitable for him. He's a nice type. They're all older, established horses who we know quite a lot about. Over the weekend, we saw three horses, three three-year-olds with huge potential Four, even, if we're including the sprint. You know, uh, the headman, winner of the London Gold Cup, Kadem, who won the Carnarvon Stakes over the five furlongs. The fairway stakes winner, Raise You. And then the King Charles II stakes winner, Josh, who was second, you know, a group place juvenile last season. Jim, four really, really exciting horses there. Uh, which of them do you think is the likeliest group one winner? I really like the performance of Raju. Yes, same. I'm a massive fan of him. Boom. He looked completely like not happy in that dip at all. Uh, but he carried on galloping. He's got a beautiful accent. He's the most beautiful looking horse, I oh, think, Raju. Chestnut with oh, a white face. Oh, he's getting. He, he steals your heart completely. And he's beat. Well, if, if we look at it, Al Hilali, they supplemented him for the guineas and he's flopped and he's flopped a bit here would you say if he was if he was supplementing for the guineas you would have thought he would have run close here in the fairway wouldn't you mm. um, and Raise You is coming on leaps and bounds and if, if not far behind Raise You would probably be Headman if I'm being honest good performance off top weight I, I thought that his performance I thought he, I thought Sinjari was going to beat him uh, with a furlong to go, and he stuck his neck out. He's an absolute bull of a horse as well. He's massive, he's, isn't he? He's a giant. Proper unit. Uh, and I think that the London Gold Cup, it always comes out to be strong form. I, th- I think it will again. Forest of Dean's run its race. Um, all the form in there was very, very solid, I thought. And I think Headman will... To a centenary, Royal yeah. Ascot, yeah. Group 3. That would probably be the most logical. I mean, he's won that off a mark of 95, so, I mean, he'll probably be low, mid to low 100s now. Yeah. After that, which which is a sort of level, you know, a horse running in the Tercentine Road have to prove to. Raise you, they're on about going to the Prix de Jockey Club. Yeah, I, I could see him going to France. Andrew Baldin likes to send a decent one to France, and I, 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 could, I could see that. I think he's a very decent one. I think he, he could be the top class of 
Uh, Group one at least. The two Sheikh Hamdam horses then, Kardem at Newbury and Jash at Newmarket. Uh, we'll start with Kardem. This this was good. He was the unexposed horse in the race, you know. Jimbo celebrating because he's tipped him up, put him on his lucky fifth on his new Beautiful. weekly lucky fifteen. Uh, I think the form of this stacks up pretty well. Space Travelers ran as well as he did at, at the Craven meeting. Uh, it's gone off to be Commonwealth Cup now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he might not be good as uh, Charlie Appleby's Muhara, uh, Charlie Hills's Muhara, but I think Cardem will certainly fly the flag for him in the Commonwealth Cup because I, I think he'll certainly improve for this performance. He, he was lightly raced last year. He had a bit of an injury towards the end and then he they kept him off over the summer and this has always been the target and he's bounced back well, I wouldn't say bounced back because he's not really done a lot wrong but he's beat a decent field here uh, I thought Oxted ran a cracker for Roger Teal tipped to wins trainer and he can train for Roger Teal I know he's, it, it, he's he's slowly becoming one of them trainers that you don't underestimate in these listed grade three races. You Completely. Because you never really heard of him. He, he sort of, he's popped up out of nowhere and, and Oxted's run an absolute cracker. Space Traveller's got decent form, travel very well, just not sure about the six furlong. I think five furlongs would be more for him. And Barbell was solid. Uh, the whole of his two-year-old career never really been, well, never really sort of disappointed in the sort of races running. He's always been like in the big, then big, like the Weatherby Super Sprint and stuff yeah. like that. He's always been there or thereabouts. And Red Impression had decent form in a listed race, but obviously need didn't progress as much for the well, move back, to against, turf. back against the boys here as well. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you how far away do you think Cardem is from the likes of Calix and Ten Sovereigns at this moment in time? Oh, I, th- I think a fairly long way away, if I'm being honest, because I think Calix. Ten Sovereigns, I can't wait to see that at Royal Ascot. It's going to be a right ding-dong battle. I think them two are serious. I'm, I'm going to Haydock on Saturday to see Calix, uh, and I, I, I think Calix is the superstar. Yeah, I mean, it's been a brilliant, brilliant addition to the Royal Meeting as well, the Commonwealth Cup. Uh, another one who could potentially go there is Jash, in the same clothes with Sheikh Handham, as we said, placed in Group 1s as a two-year-old last season. Up to seven furlongs for the King Charles. Uh, he's done this pretty well, beating Azano by a neck, uh, who who ran in the Guineas. Although, I think you'd get the feeling that it was a tad bit more comfortable than that. I, I think that the step down to step up in trip to seven furlongs probably wasn't the right thing to do first time out. I think, I think he's off speed. Um, he travelled very, very well. He just clung on in the final strides. He, he did win it comfortably by half a length. Uh, his form in the uh, by a neck, sorry. His form in the middle park is strong. I, I think. I think ten sovereigns is going to go to the Commonwealth Cup. If I was the connections of Josh, I'd send Josh and Cardem to the Commonwealth Cup. Not the jersey, because that, that that I mean that that would be in terms of natural progression. You'd be thinking win a seven furlongs listed race. Seven furlongs group three would be the next target. Yeah. But I'd be with you. I'd yeah. prefer to see Josh in the Commonwealth Cup. Yeah, completely. He'll get he'll get a pace to aim at. Yeah, definitely. You I, know, I, 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 yeah, I do. I think he, he stays seven, but he'd be better at six. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But say some really really exciting three year olds there. Uh, Jim, I know you also want to touch on Dazzling Dan. Another exciting market. Another exciting three year old, Dazzling Dan. Yeah. Uh, He's come on absolute leaps and bounds, and it's great to see Pam Sly have a good one. Um, he's he finished second to Jash um, on his second start, and after he was gelded, and, and since his fourth on debut at Nottingham, which was possibly slightly disappointing, he's improved so much for the gelding operation. Since that, he's never been out the first two. I think that he's going to have to go into graded class races because he. He's won this off a rating of 95, carrying 9 stone 7. And I think that... He, oh, I love Dazzling Dan. He's such a great horse. He's, he, he's, he goes from the front, he tries his heart out, he puts his neck on the line, and he's superb. He'll get into the Wokingham now as well, won't he? If they want to go there with him. Oh, interesting. He'll get in off a mark of what low 100s, they'll get him into the Wokingham. Oh, that's, that's made me get a bit excited now. 
It's, yeah, it could be an interesting shout. And while and before we move on, uh, we're just going to touch on our toy. See, it's primarily a jumps podcast. This, even though Jimbo loves his flat, it's all about the jumps for me. And we've seen Benny Dadieu beat the odds on French superstar De Bonker. I mean, Jim Benny Dadieu is unbeaten when standing up for Willie Mullins, and not a lot of people tend to forget that she's a genuine top class racehorse. Yeah, you know she might not be running in top class races all the time, but it takes a hell of a horse to beat her. This race showed me that Benny Dejour needs to be campaigned around the stairs hurdle next season. No, why would you? What's the point? It's a free win at the Cheltenham Festival for him. You can see that, but Willie Mullins could have anything in that team that could probably pick up that mare's hurdle. And I think he, he, he's never, he. He sort of wants a grasp on it. I can see he, 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 the amount of darts he threw in it last year, and I know it was wide open. Well, people thought it was wide open, but I think Benny Dejour needs to go for the stairs hurdle, if I'm being brutally honest. I think that... She doesn't need to go, Jim, because... But we all want to see her. It'd be a great spectacle, Paisley Park versus Benny no. Dejour. I'm so... I'd, I, I'm thinking of it in the view of a... You know, if cons- you, conservative... If you were rich, yeah, owner or trainer... It's like what I've said about Altio. If it ain't broke, don't you know? Don't yeah. don't fix it. She'll win the st- she'll win the mare's hurdle again next season. Yeah, she'll win it again. Although you know, she didn't we, win it last year, did she? Yeah, but she she would have done. You know what I mean? So th- these horses aren't around forever. And the and the thing every owner wants is winners at the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah, I, you can, know? I can completely understand, but. If I was from a sporting point of view, if I was Rich Ritchie, I'd go for it. I'd go and face Paisley Park. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't if it were your horse. Not a chance, mate. Uh, that's it for our weekend review. Time now for the big Watson versus the Inter. <laughs> Okay, so welcome to a new feature we'll be having each week on Turf Talk now. Well, maybe not each week, Jim, but we'll, we'll try as much as we'll possible try. if we can get guests. And we do have our very first guest on the line, uh, Mr. Owen Johnson. Hello, Owen. Hey, are you all right? Yeah, great. Thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, it's going to be an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's, a new, it's a new segment we're calling Watson versus the Internet. Oh, Jimbo Watson is the biggest man in racing. Does he have the biggest brain? <laughs> That's Each... a bit of a reputation, that. I mean, yeah, you, you can't be too far off. You know, I mean, probably between yourself and Big Jim McGrath, Aussie Jim. Probably, yeah. Probably. Tight. It's a tight call there, Jimbo. But anyway... It's, it's going to be on a different topic each week, and basically, if you've seen Who Dares Wins on the BBC, not the SAS version, uh, we're not going to make Jimbo do some sit-ups, because <laughs> he might have a heart attack. But what we are going to do is reel off a list, a bit like a tennis match. Uh, Owen, as a guest, will get to go first. He'll say an answer. Jim will say an answer, and it keeps going until someone gets one wrong. And this week, it's topical because, of course, the big news of Jigginstown winding down their operation Ooh. so we're looking for any Jigginstown owned Cheltenham Festival winners there's a total of 20 uh, Owen you can go first and we'll start when we're ready Jigginstown uh, owned Cheltenham Festival winners is that a good topic for you? Um, prefer my flat racing more to be honest but I'll <laughs> give it a go <laughs> but, um, yeah okay um, Tiger Roll then we'll start with Tiger roll. Good choice. Off the bar. Good way to kick it off. Sam Crow. Sam Crow uh, for Jim. Sam Crow. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to remember this year's winners now. Uh, Del, uh, Delta work. Delta work. Don Cossack. Don Cossack. Yeah, in the Gold Cup. Yeah. Apples Jade. Oh, solid. Oh. Uh, far class. Far class. Yeah. Yeah, that one chimed fertile, didn't it, last year? Um, I've hit a wall as well. I'm gone. Sh- shattered love. Shattered love. Oh, Good shout. Hit me straight back. Good shout. Um, let's think. Genuinely. 
I'm, I'm out, I think. I, I can't think of any more. Go on, Jim, you're... you're, you're set okay. course. Pump for one. War of attrition. War of attrition, yeah. Gold Cup 2006. Still. <laughs> Hanging on in there. You, you, you should know, I should know these. I, right. I feel I should know more, but I'm just, <laughs> it's under pressure. The, about the, the amount of horses they have, they should have a lot of chance. <laughs> um, give us one second. Must have had a champion chase winner, surely. Nah, I can't, I can't think, to be honest. Should we, nah. go for, should we go for a name? I'll give you 10 seconds to come up with a name, Owen. Nah, I can't, I can't, I can't think of another one. So do I need to get this right? You, you need to get one, Jim. Right. Because then, then you've both had it even. Jigginstown's worst horse in training, Champagne Classic. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the one I was trying to remember. <laughs> I was that. Uh, I had champers on ice in my head, and I know that was straight back. Oh, yeah. I couldn't, get, I couldn't remember the last name of it. Yeah, well, great. We've not done bad there, no, to be honest. Good shot. I've, you've got over half between you. I'll, I'll run through the ones. Uh, we've not said they are Balco de Flow. Oh, Balco de Flow. Blow by blow. Oh. Good old slow by slow. <laughs> Carlito Brigante. Don Polly. Oh, Polly. Oh. Jewel Chotland the Festival winner. The slowly. Empire of Dirt, First Lieutenant, Rivage Door, Road to Respect, Sir Deschamps, Very Wood, and Weapons Amnesty. But it's over, over half between the boys and a cracking performance from, from Owen, especially to say you're more of a flat man. Uh, do you think it's a good thing, Jigginstown winding down their operation, or are you more positive or negative on it? Who, me? Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that it's come out, you know. I've, I thought they would, considering Tiger Rolls had won two nationals in a row, I thought they'd be more, I thought they'd be going more gung-ho into the market, really, to even get more good horses, but I'm, I'm surprised, really, but... Yeah, I, I, I agree with him there. I thought they'd try and go for utter dominance of the sport and I, I was utterly shocked when it happened, if I'm being honest, and I think it'd be a massive miss. Yeah, so, so do I. I'm, it, is, it is just a bit of a one from left field, wasn't it? I, yeah. I don't think anyone, anyone saw it's it. Interesting, it's interesting Chiefly Park have come into National Hub, though, as well. I don't know yeah. whether they see them as any big rivals, but the amount of horses they have, to yeah. all of a sudden they wind. I mean, Gordon Elliott must be must be having a bit of a nightmare thinking about it, the amount of boss he has with them. But. Yeah, because Tivoli Park, we've seen this season, well, last season, the, the amount of money that they've pumped in, £400,000 for a, for a chase, chaser in the making, that's a lot of money. A lot of things can go wrong in jump racing. And, and it's nice to see that they're switching from flat to jumps. Yeah, well, the, the trend's becoming that, isn't it? Irish, Irish point-to-pointers. And yeah. uh, I guess that's why they're worth so much money now with jig, cost jigging town. Buying them all, I wonder whether the Irish point-to-point scene we might we might not be seeing, you know, almost half a million pound price tags over the next couple of years. Yeah, be, uh, be interesting to see if Jigginstown leaving it, whether all the money will now go out of Irish point-to-pointers. Yeah, uh, Owen, before you go, can we ask you your fancy for the Derby and the Oaks? My um, fancy for the Derby at this stage, it would probably telecaster if it were to run. I was I was at York last week and yeah. I was very impressed with him. Really, it's just a case of whether he runs or not. Yeah, he needs to be supplemented, wouldn't he? And I, yeah. I'm sort of in agreement there. The race might come a bit quickly, but I think telecaster's a solid shout. Yeah, I don't think he would have what was outstayed. Do you not so, think? I, don't, we'll, we'll I think he just. Well, we'll talk about. We've talked about it already, so we'll mention it. I, I think that too darn hot sort of just needed that run and I think he'll come on for that. In time he'll be a one yeah, mile two horse. I, I agree. I think he was beaten by the better horse on the day. Do, do you have one for the Oaks away that I'm I'm not particularly mad um, keen on anything but I'm sort of between two at the moment. I'm sort of torn between Maxad and Lavender's Blue with a two I'm They're so... my two as well. I'm I'm in complete agreement with you there. Uh 
I was impressed by Lavender's what Lavender's Blue did at the weekend. Yeah, yeah she travelled. She travelled beautifully, didn't she? And I think she's more of a mile and a half horse than a ten furlong horse. And I think it'd be better to see her stepped up in trip personally. Yeah, and she'll definitely improve for that run, won't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, Owen. Uh, you, you've done us a huge favour. The first ever guest on Turf Talker has been going. See, uh, what eight months and it's taken us this long to have a guest on but thanks a lot for doing it thank you uh, uh, it's Owen at Owen Johnson 4 on Twitter if any of you want to give Owen a follow uh, yeah f- and thanks a lot for joining us thank you cheers 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 bye bye now bye bye <laughs> And we start the weekend preview at Haydock with the Group 2 Sandy Lane Stakes, a recognised trial for the Commonwealth Cup at Ascot. And well, the market suggests it's a one-horse race, a best price 4-1 to one on for the unbeaten Calix to maintain his flawless record. 7-1 second favourite, Hello Yumzain, then 16s and bigger, Leodis Dream, Royal Intervention, Vintage Brute, and then huge prices for True Mason and Angelic Light. I mean, we can't see Calix getting beat really, can we? No. Um, he's got the interesting profile. I think Calix should win this easy and set up the perfect Commonwealth Cup we've talked about previously. I think that if Calix, Jash and... Ten, and Kadem and Ten Sovereigns turn up I, it'd be really exciting and it'd probably be one of the races of the Royal Ascot Festival I'd have a I've got a sneaky each way fancy for the Commonwealth Cup go on if, if they have a plan for it Lady Kale yeah yeah I can see where you're coming would from would have won the Guineas if it were over seven yeah be interesting it goes well from the front yeah could dictate yeah I can co- completely like your idea, but I'd be all aboard the Calix Express, to be really honest. Yeah, he, I mean... This... He was absolutely breathtaking at Ascot. He he looked... He was going that fast, Frankie's cap fell off. That's how fast he was going. Uh, and I think that... I can't believe that Hello Yumza is rated 113 and Calix is rated 115. There's £2 difference between them. But it's what we said. It's, I guess that's the benefit of having graded handicaps over jumps is that they actually matter. Once you get to 110 on the on the flat... Pick a number, yeah, any number. Pick a number, any number. Yeah, uh, Hello Yumzain's the second in the market, fourth in the green and last time out. That's not atrocious form, but again, he needs to step forward £10 to cope with Calix. Yeah, won, won the grade two at Maison Lafitte, uh, which was a solid performance on soft ground. I, I think there's a couple in this that need soft ground. Uh, I think Hello Yumzain, Vintage Brew and True Mason all go better on soft. Leodis Dream's been an absolute winning machine, hasn't he? Uh, a bit of a legend already. You know, he's only a three-year-old, five in a row for David O'Mara. And it's, he only cost, well, only cost, but it was 58 grand for a small tr- uh, owner like that. And he was second on his debut and he's, he's won five since then. And this is a significant step up in class. in class completely and I prefer him over five I, I think he's just a pure speed he's ball. just out and out speed I would have targeted it I don't I don't know if this is possible but, but the Epsom dash oh interesting I, I'd probably, I don't know if a three year old that, that was my yeah. thought but Duca Ferenzi was the first ever three year old to win the race I think, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, was he free or, or an unexposed four-year-old? Yeah. he was a horse I had in mind. Yeah. When I seen, was I can't remember whether Duke of Forensi was free. I'll find out. Because he won the Nunthorpe, didn't he, as a three-year-old. He was the last horse to do it, I think. But that's going off on a point. But I think that Leodi's dream is full of speed. And I think, I thought Vintage Brute ran a cracker last time. I know the that form of the race isn't exactly... Shouting from the rooftops because it was a bit of a conditions race, but Shabar Shababi had been. He, he looked promising early on in his career and sort of tailed off towards the end, but I think that Calix Calix first, and I'd probably chuck in Vintage Brute second for a forecast. Fair enough, good shot there. It was it was four. When was he, he won four? The Dash Duke of Frenzy, Thought yeah. he was. 
Although no three-year-olds can run in it. Yeah. Three-year-olds can run in it, so that'd be a cracking shot for the oldest stream, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is a Calix turns up and wins. Uh, the Temple Stakes sold a feature race in Britain over the weekend. Five furlongs over Haydock. Six to five best price favourite, Batash, the superstar. Though could he be vulnerable here? To 11 to four second favourite, Mabs Cross. Four to one, Katche. Five, Sergei Prokofiev. 12's Alpha Delfini. Then 25's Caspian Prince. 33's Pocket Dynamo and Tarbouche. Uh, Jimbo will start with a favourite, Batash, at his very best. Is he the best sprinter in the country? Can I just go back to the last point that I made about the Audi stream? Just check the Epson Dash uh, handicap market. He's seven to one favourite. Yeah. <laughs> He's got. I'd completely bypass that race and probably go for that. But back to Batash. Uh, he won this race last year, didn't he? Only just got up by, I think it was a neck. Um, he beat Washington DC and Catchy and Mabs Cross. Two of them reappears here. This race every year seems to bring out the best sprinters and Mabs Cross won well last time, looks to bounce back here. Batash first time out, he was absolutely devastating at Goodwood, wasn't he, in the King George Qatar Sticks, which was a Group 2. He's back in a Group 2 here. Do you think he flopped on his last two starts? I, I do, because I, I, he boiled over before the start in the Nunthorpe, I thought, and he's done that a couple of times at York. I'm, I'm not sure whether York is Batashi's track, if I'm being honest. Because, and and then, even if you look at when he ran in the Abbey, he, he should have probably been bang up there. Mab's cross pr- was progressing nicely last season as a four-year-old, and has progressed even more as a five-year-old. And this you know, It wasn't too, I know he was fourth in, in them both, it wasn't miles off especially in the abbey he was less than a length behind I know but he was strongly fancied wasn't he and he yeah. absolutely blitzed the field at Goodwood and if if you look at who he's beat he's beat Tate Cullen Muthmere he's beat Catchy again I, I think that this race is interesting Batash is a very 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 short price at 6-5 to five, if I'm being brutally honest and I'd probably look elsewhere to, to see if there's a, I think Mabs, Mabs Cross Carries the penalty here. I think... Well, she's won over course and distance. Her win last time at Newmarket was very, very good, I thought, in the Palace House. Um, beating Equilateral and Major Jumbo. Sergei Prokofiev was back behind. He gets the weight allowance here because he's a three-year-old once again. I think Sergei's interesting. He's the only one that's not jocked up at the minute. Uh, Sergei won't win. Do you not think? No. He's a bit, I, I think he's a bit of a hype horse. Do you? Nothing in his form. Nothing in his form suggests he's as good as this slot yet. Completely, yeah. I can see and where he's coming and from. And he could be, don't get me wrong, he could be in time. But the fact that, you it's know... It's because he's trained by the master, isn't it? Yeah. But Jesus Christ, he needs to step forward. Like I said, he needs to step forward £10. Yeah, definitely. To be to be beating this slot. Yeah. Like, B- Batasha and Mabs Cross are probably the two best five furlong sprinters in the country. Yeah. And Catchy has been a monster all winter. On the all weather. You know, back on turf, you know, going going straight instead of round a bend. Might, you know, might be a slight concern, but he's my favourite horse in training, and I'll be cat and I'll be cheering him on. He's the only flat horse I have affection towards, really. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love him. Yeah. I absolutely love him. He's the most exciting horse to watch on the planet. Do you think he needs to go around a bend? It'd be a worry, but also. I don't care, because Catchy's running. Yeah, I'm. I'm that. I'm that excited. Do you think Alpha Delphini's overpriced? Yeah, I do. I think Tartone's a cracking bet for Alpha Delphini. I know he's eight. Year, he's an eight-year-old and he's exposed, but I think that when he run the Nunthorpe last year, he beat Mabs Cross. There's he, he's since flopped that, flopped a bit since then. But I, I think that it was only one run though, and it yeah. came at the end of a long season. Yeah, I. I wouldn't quite underestimate Alpha Delphini if I'm being brutally honest it's a fascinating sort of race and I can't wait to see it happen I, I, I'd love to see Mobs Cross in person um, I absolutely adore her I, I think that Mobs Cross if if she breaks better than usual she'll stay on well I, I'm not sure whether Haydock exactly suits her because she, she, she finishes so strongly I think that she prefers something with a stiff uphill finish like 
we saw it last time Newmarket and you could see Ascot even maybe yeah yeah I, I can see where you're coming from it'll be it's a, it really is a fascinating race we've got three well three horses who we know are absolutely top class but all the strengths are in different places uh, Jim I'll, I'll ask you for a selection in the Temple Stakes I'm going to go Mab's Cross Boring, but I, I think he's vulnerable. But I think still think Batash is the likeliest winner. Do you think you're not throwing Catchy in there for the love, affection, or are you thinking with your head instead of your heart? It, it'd be head for me at the minute. Oh, Jesus Christ! If Catchy win, you'd be chuffed. Oh, and if if he does anything like he's been doing on the winter, I tell you what, he could put it up to them both. Yeah, he could put it up to them. Although both. we saw him run so close in this last year, he, he could do. And he looks to have improved as well. But God. I'm really excited for it. I, I say I've said on this podcast before. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of an extremes man over the jumps. I love the staying chasers on the flat. It's all about the sprinters for me. So I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. Uh, we've got two classics this weekend as well. The first Irish classics of the season. Uh, the Irish two thousand guineas. Uh, no betting for it as of now, but surely Magna turns up and wins this. Well, that, that's if two Darnot doesn't turn up. Do, do, do we not think he'll turn up? I'd be surprised, mate. I think he's got completely credible chances to run in it. Um, it may come a bit quick. That's, that's that is the only question mark. But I thought he ran very well, uh, as we've talked about in the Dante. And returning back to a mile here, I think he'd definitely suit him. I also think the other English runner that's very unexposed, well, not unexposed, but not run this season, Phoenix of Spain, uh, he, he was solid last year, banging into two Darnot twice. I ran, think. Well, ran, ran Magna Grecia close in the... And, and did run Magna Grecia close. If he's progressed from two to three, I think that... I think I was looking at the betting the other day, he's about 12 to one or 10 to one. I think that's a decent bet each way. I think he could be there or thereabouts. And I'm looking to... Although I, I, we both really fancied Magna Grecia when he won the Guineas. I'm looking to pick holes in him here. I think he's a bit short if two Darnot doesn't turn up. And I'd even I wouldn't rule out Mohawk. I thought Mohawk's run if he if he goes here, he could go to the Derby, couldn't he? But I think Mohawk could be there with that. And I wouldn't rule out Scardu. He he ran well on the other side of the track in the Guineas. If he was it'd be interesting to see what he'd done if there wasn't that much track bias. I think it'd be interesting to see if William Agus takes him over because I think he might be a little bit more conservative with him and keep him in England and save him he for right He doesn't rush his horses, does No, he house. doesn't. And I think that... I, I think that I'm looking to get Magna Grecia beat here. I think you're a maniac for saying that. Yeah. I think you're especially suggesting that Mohawk, beaten in the D-Stakes last time out, will beat the Guineas winner over a mile. Don't see, don't, don't see where you're coming but from. But Mohawk was carrying the penalty that day. And I, I'm not saying that Mohawk's going to beat Magna Grecia, but I think Mohawk could run a really good race. Right, fair enough. I I understand. Well, actually, I don't understand why you're trying to get Magna Grecia beat here. I, I think he won the Guineas on merit. I think his two-year-old form was the best going into the Guineas. And we've seen Persian King come out and back yeah, that up since. He should have gone off favourite for the Guineas. The drift on the day was absolute madness. Uh he did exactly what he was entitled to do at Newmarket and he did it with some authority. I could see, the only one really I could see, right, fair enough, two down hot goes back down to a mile. Yeah, I can see that. I could also see the case of Skardu because I don't think he didn't get the run of the race at Newmarket. The winner will be one of them three. Possibly. Well, and I really see, like Phoenix and, of Spain. Yeah, I understand he's he's a really You're really nice horse. You're only ahead behind him in the Burton Fortuity. He's a really really nice horse, but there are question marks about him. First time out, you know, he's going to have to put in a career best on his first start of the season to beat Magna Grecia, to beat a race fit Magna Grecia. Yeah, and a Magna Grecia. He's had a couple of race course gallops at Newmarket though. Yeah. Where he wasn't that impressive, but a, a, a Magna Grecia who's improved from two to three as well. That that's why I think I think Phoenix of Grey Spain is a cracking horse. It's going to be the hardest task of his career. Yeah. Well, on these terms. So at ten to eleven, would you rather side with Magna Grecia? Yes, I would. I think he's a. Cert. I'd rather have the field personally. 
I think he's an absolute certainty. Uh, Selection then, Magna Grisha yeah. for you. I'd go two down hot if he turns up, but if not, I, I think Phoenix is Spain. I won't, I'm, I'm going to go out there and say Phoenix is Spain. Why not? Fair enough, Jim. Even though I've just explained why not. <laughs> uh, the Irish 1000 guineas, so there are odds for this, but best price 5 to 2 favourite. Looking to do the double, Hermosa for Aidan O'Brien, 11 to 4 Kabbalah, who was third at Newmarket, then 6 is Just Wonderful, who finished in the same position as her price in uh, on the Rolling Mile. East, who finished third in the French Guinea, 7 to 1, then 8 for Fairyland and Iridessa, 10 is Pretty Pollyanna, 33 to 1, bar them, some big outsiders, really. Uh, start with favourite, Hermosa. Do we think she comes here, or the Oaks? I'd, I'd go for the Oaks. I think she's stamina. She did it well from the front um, at Newmarket. I think the flat track won't suit her, suit her as much. I think. I think it'd be obvious to go f- to go for the Oaks. Um, I think Aidan O'Brien's got a stronghold in this race. I think, and I know that's a stupid thing to say, but I think uh, Fairyland. Uh, the fact that he's keeping her over a mile is interesting. Frankie must have said to him that she'd definitely stay a mile. I think a flat track definitely suit her. Her form's bang up there from last season. I think she's she's interesting. Um, Kevin Ryan's East. I ran fairly well on debut. I thought I thought this season. Yeah. Uh, in the French 1000, I th- need to progress even more. The money's been for her. She was as big as tens at, early on in the week. She's now into sevens. 14 days ago, though, was the last run. That, that's a slight question mark. Not really. It's only a week. It's only a week uh, away from the Guineas. Yeah. From our Guineas. So, to me, it wouldn't be a huge concern. Uh, I think Hamos is solid. Yeah. A best price of 5-2. I think, I, think I think that's a decent enough price. I just don't think she'll turn up. We've sort of ruled out Kabbalah. Well, we haven't. If 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 Hamosa turns up, I think Kabbalah's clearly the... the Next one to beat. Yeah, um, you know she finished ahead of several of these at Newmarket. She, there's still more room to progress with her than there is with a couple of the more explosive like Just Wonderful. Well, it's like, well I was slightly disappointed with her in the one thousand guineas. I thought. Oh, she had an opportunity to win it. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but I I don't get how you could say you'd be disappointed with her. Yeah, and then go on to make a case for just wonderful. Yeah, I, I can I can understand that. You know, Kabbalah's Kabbalah's finished ahead of just wonderful on merit. Yeah, and if if anything, if you look at the profiles, you'd expect them to be more to come from Kabbalah. Yeah, rather than the O'Brien filly. Uh, of at the time, I was kind of of the opinion that Hermosa kind of beat a field of non-stayers. Uh, I still kind of think that's particularly true. I'm not a Maddy Redessa fan. I don't think Fairyland stays. Just wonderful. Do you think the Oaks picture looks clearer than the Guineas picture for Phillies? No, I don't think it ever does. No? No, I don't think it ever does, mate. Uh, it's it's never... it's never. You know, y- you can get some strange results in these Phillies classics. And, you know, if, if, in fact, if a Philly almost Bills dominates them. a division... They tend to be a bit of a proper superstar, don't they? Yeah. Uh, I I'd be siding with the favourite if she runs, and if not, I'd be siding with the second favourite. Very boring from me, but I I, I just think the head and shoulders are best. Pretty Pollyanna was like I say, I I do some work for Time Form, and according to them, she was the best two-year-old filly around last season. Yeah. But it'd be the trip. Yeah, the miles are massive question mark. She's, I think she's six foot long, written all over six seven. Six, possibly seven, stretching her. Um, but interesting, they kept her in here. Yeah. Because uh, they, they, they've tried her at, at further distances, and she's slightly disappointed. But I, I think it, it's a windy, windy race. I, th- I think if Eridessa was to bounce back, that really wouldn't surprise me. Won the bet 365. Phillies mile. Phillies mile. Grade one, you've talked about that already. You you don't like you're not a big fan of Iridessa, are you? Well, it's what, I've, what I've said that that prior to that she was third in a listed race. Yeah, right. Her, if if there's one run telling me a horse is eight pounds better than the rest of it runs suggests, 
I'm a lot more inclined to go with the body of form. Yeah. The body of form suggests that, on average, Iridesa isn't a Group One horse. She might every you know she might have performed to her absolute maximum to win the Phillies Mile, but her overall level of form suggests she doesn't she isn't good enough to produce that on a consistent basis. Yeah. Whether it's consistency, whether everyone else had an off day in the Phillies Mile, if you took that if you took that Phillies Mile win away from her. She'd be a twenty to one shot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, fair dues. I I think I'm gonna go Fairyland. I'm gonna take a risk and hope that she stays the mile on a flatter sort of track. Can't be seeing it for me. I I, I, I think you need one that'd stay. I I think East. If I were to take on the top two, it'd be with East. But I think Hermosa. If Hermosa turns up, you know, I, I I kind of buy the Guineas form now a lot more than I did at the time. And if not, I think Kabbalah is is the one who'll beat her. Yeah. Uh, very boring going for both the favourites <laughs> in in the, in the two guineas. Uh, the sort of analysis that you want to listen on turf talk too. <laughs> yeah, perfect. In fact, I've gone for the favourite. For, I've gone for the favourite for every single race preview. <laughs> your lucky fifteen so is going to be interesting. Week. Oh yeah, yeah. You're lucky fifteen to get sixteen quid back. <laughs> well done, boys. Uh, Tatsaw's Gold Cup, though, the first open age group on an island of the season. And do we have betting for it, Jim? Uh, not not at the minute. No, we don't. But uh, it's obvious that Magical, Magical will, will more favorite. than likely head the field. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll run through the rest of them as well. The Flag of Honour, Mustagia, Success Days, Verbal Dexterity, Zeba, I Can Fly and Magic Wand. This is a race that cuts up all the time. I can't see I Can Fly running. She ran in the lockings at the weekend. Uh, so it'll be a, it'll, it's always a pretty small field race I said Lancaster Bomber won this last year it doesn't tend to take particularly much winning it's a w- weak grade one isn't it it's a weak group um, but we do have a we do have a bit of a superstar in there in Magical yeah, Magical two from two this season uh, last season she just got better and better she won the Phillies and Mares at uh Quipcore Champions Day. She was then sec- close second to enable in the Breeders' Cup, which was a very, very good performance. And she's hit the ground running again this year. She's a Carson Distance winner uh, last time out, uh, beating Flag of Honor by one and a half lengths. That was really, really solid run. I think that Magical's an absolute superstar, and I can't wait to see her go on to bigger things. Nothing will beat her here, sure. Nothing. I, I guess the biggest threat looks like it'll come from Flag of Honour, who she's already beaten last time. Last time out uh, in the Moors Bridge, was it? Yeah. On the Bank Holiday on Easter Monday. Uh, Bank Holiday Monday? One of, one of them. <laughs> uh, but Flag of Honour, again, to me, looks like a horse whose future will be over further. Yeah. Looks like a potential Irish ledger type. I don't see him winning group ones over a mile two. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. And I think it's just the... Magical roadshow, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll run, we'll quickly run through the others. Mustagee has been running well so far this season, ran uh, Master of Reality close in the vintage crop again. That's over one mile six. He's a horse whose best form comes over a lot further. Success stays, you know, solid group three horse, really. Yeah. You know, being for the past couple of years. Third in the Huxley at Chester, that, that was a good performance, I thought, but not getting any younger and probably not progressing that much more no I mean look he, he's won group threes before but he's, he's probably slightly a horse on the downgrade nowadays at the age of at the age of uh, seven didn't run badly last time but look even in his prime I don't think he was ever a group one horse verbal dexterity you know ran ran at the weekend second uh, to Hazapar over a mile probably needs slow ground yeah probably Zebra just isn't good enough. You know, again, he was third in the race. Verbal Dexterity was second in uh, last week in the Amethyst Stakes. Nothing, nothing in his form suggests he's good enough to beat Magical. I can fly, we don't think he'll go. And Magic one, she was, you know... She ran in America last time. Yeah, she was a fair bit of hype around her, you know, as a a filly. She didn't run too badly if... If Magical gets beaten, do you think it's by Magic Wand? Yeah, I could see them being the first two home. Uh, Magical Magic Wand forecast. Yeah, fifth in the Dubai Shima Classic Pride that as well. She's a she probably is a bit of a group one filly. Although again, mentalist ratings, she's rated one hundred and eight. 
Madness. 108 for a horse who was fifth in the Dubai Shima Classic. Uh, magical wins, though. Magical, yeah, definitely. Lucky 15 time. Lewis, you go first. Boring. Batash. Uh, Batash. Magna Grecia. Hermosa. Magical. Wow. And that, that's... if if Hermosa doesn't turn up, we'll go with the favourite again, Kabbalah, who that, will be favourite if Hermosa doesn't that's win. That's going to pay loads, isn't it? Uh, it is. Oh, boys, we're not... We're not we're not looking forward to our holidays in the Maldives. Uh, you know it's going to be a solid weekend in Skegness. Oh, uh, Mab's cross, uh, two down hot. But if two down hot doesn't turn up, Phoenix of Spain. Um, if if uh, Fairyland doesn't turn up, we'll have East. But we'll stick with Fairyland. This is going to pay loads, and we'll go magical. That'll be a decent payout. Don't want to be backing all these odds on shots. I think I'm in profit from last week as well. Yeah, I tell you what, Jim, we want to be backing them if they keep winning. Correct. We want to be backing them if they keep winning, and I think we've got several almost dead certs at the weekend. <laughs> uh, I say that. Watch me get zero out of four. Uh, this has been Turf Talker. Thanks a lot for listening again. We hope you've enjoyed uh, listening. We hope you enjoyed the new feature as well. We're going to try and do that as often as we can. One nil the score to Jimbo at the minute. But big thank you for Owen. Yeah, thanks a lot to Owen as well. Give him a follow. That's at Owen Johnson 4 uh, on Twitter. Top man. Thanks a lot for doing that. And uh, don't forget to like, share, rate us five stars on your podcast app. And we'll see you all again very soon. See you later.